course you don't. You couldn't know. Um, I went to lunch with some coworkers today, and I managed to taste raw milk, which I would come to learn after leaving the health food store with them is uh, it's milk. It tastes just like milk because it is milk. It is unpasteurized. Uh, it is more expensive. And because there is the potential for it to be dangerous, you actually have to sign a waiver to purchase it. And it even says on the bottle, it's like, no matter how careful we are, this could be dangerous. <laughs> and so I, how... But, okay. Go ahead. I know. But you got to pay more for the privilege. I got to pay more and I drank it and it, everyone agreed it tasted like milk. Do you feel healthier? I don't know that the benefit was supposed to be health. I would have expected the benefit to be taste. Or I actually don't know a lot about pasteurization, so I'm not really sure what we're worried about by pasteurizing our, our stuff. But Bacteria. I guess... Well, we're worried about not getting sick. Well, right, right, right. <laughs> by pasteurizing it. But I'm just not entirely clear on... You know, like when you buy something that's organic, you're buying it that way because you don't want harmful pesticides. Was right. there... Is there harmful pasture size? Buy organic food because you have extra money and you want to show it off. Well, that too. Yeah, pretty much. Well, pasteurization isn't like spraying poison, <laughs> poison shit in the air. It's it's just for the sake of making the do, milk sterile. Do these jerk offs know what an achievement of modern science pasteurization is? Yes. Do you know how many people died from drinking bad or unsafe milk before Louis Pasteur is now yeah. rolling in his grave. This is like the guy who comes along and declares that polio vaccines give you autism. I was going to say, he's setting like, mankind back. Just like vaccinations. Speaking anyway. of vaccinations, this is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode 15, and we're here to vaccinate you against we're gonna sucking. Inject our sweet, sweet voices into your veins. Yes. I am Jason, here with Jared. Yep, yep, that's me. And Jay. I'm here. Mr. Grumpy, as we also like to call him. And Michael. Howdy, fellas. <laughs> Mr. Happy, as we like to call him. Ah, way to be cheerful. Ruin everything. <laughs> I'm drinking. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> uh, we hey, want- I don't have any beer. I haven't been sleeping well. Well, well. Why? Because you don't have any beer. Is it because every time you close your eyes, you see all the people that you've killed? That you've killed? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's what happens every time. <laughs> well, that would keep you up. <laughs> what the hell are we doing? I don't okay, know. We got news. Doing. Yes, okay, we let's, let's yeah. talk about news. Yeah, we'll we'll breeze through. So, uh, Valve announced and launched Steam reviews, which has the benefit of showing the reviewers time played on their review, which should serve to deter bad or troll reviews from getting through, or at least getting to the top of the pile. Seems like a pretty good idea. Yeah. I actually, I also think, I haven't gone and looked at it yet. Have they rolled it out or is it just It's rolled out. out. I think you can do it right now. I've seen reviews up already. So I think they also have taken your existing recommendations and I think they have converted those into reviews. So if you've, if you've made game recommendations, you may want to check and see. I don't know if they just auto check if they assume that you, because you did a recommendation, you would of course recommend playing the game. Um, so maybe it's checked as a yes, but I have a couple where I might actually go back and need to tweak them. Previously, it's just, it's just the whole box is just, would you like to recommend this game? Yeah. Well, what would you want to say about it? It doesn't say, do you not recommend this game? So what I usually would do is I would give a recommendation, but it is a recommendation to not buy it if I didn't like it. <laughs> but you yeah. have to read the text to know that. 
Right, right. So go back and look and make sure it just didn't auto-check that you love everything. Yeah, I don't want it to say like, oh, yeah, Mirror Moon, buy it. That's nah, not going to slide. <laughs> Did you leave Mirror Moon bad feedback? I didn't leave it any feedback. I'm too scared. <laughs> I want it to strangle me in the night. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Microsoft doesn't like naughty words. Supposedly, people have been banned for cursing in private Skype calls, but Microsoft Actually, is denying that this is the case. Well, private Skype calls is one, and that's a little too far. It's like a little big brother, if you ask me. Mm. Yeah, But the um, I, I think they, they did confirm that if you are using the upload studio, that excessive uh, vulgarity could result in you uh, being banned from the service. I think excessive it's- vulgarity? It's, they say excessive, but what I don't know what exactly that means. I think no matter how you look at this, that's probably alienating most gamers. Uh, I, I, I guess I can see where the reasoning comes from. Um, you know, I think their heart is in the right place, but it might be a little misguided. I think it's definitely in the right place. I mean, you think about it this way. One of the biggest complaints that I think everybody kind of lobbied against you know, playing online on Xbox Live is all the kids who are just like screaming, you know, piss, shit, fuck you, I'll fuck your mother. And it gets a little annoying. And I don't know, again, like you said, I don't know what they could consider as excessive because if you're like a soccer mom, then just saying any swear word could be considered excessive. But I mean, I mean, Microsoft and and you, uh, Jason, are right. This stuff kind of needs to stay where it belongs on the school playground. And let the 13-year-olds and 14-year-olds do it there during recess, you know? Yeah. This like is, you're supposed to. This is destroying a proud and storied tradition of Call of Duty releases uh, where I learn something, where I learn a new swear word, basically. Like, I didn't know what a strawberry swirl was. And then this kid, this 11-year-old, is like, hey, I'm going to give you a strawberry swirl. Well, that sounds and delicious. It did, doesn't it, though? <laughs> I love strawberry ice cream. Well, get, get on over to Urban Dictionary and, and uh, double check it because you may want to think twice before you ask someone to give it to you. Okay. You made a pretty good point earlier. Now we're going to have to think of some, uh, of some new insults. <laughs> have to go back to some of the classics. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's... Call someone a straw pole or a slubber de gullion or something like that. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to call you a brain-boiled troll. <laughs> I, I actually am... Um, I know a bunch of apple dandies. I do wonder if this is maybe the kind of thing, and I swear to you, I'm not high right now. Like, but I wonder if this is the kind of event that changes like a global vernacular. Um, you know, like as as you, the way you speak is different from the way your parents speak. My my dad would never describe something as cool <laughs> ever. Um, say wicked. And so I wonder if this is the gateway for like our children someday to be to have an entirely new uh, assortment and array of swear words. Well, but I like the idea of it just basically winding back to the beginning again. So you go on Xbox Live, you maybe like cheese somebody and kill them. And they're like, away with the jackonapes. And it almost kind of it makes <laughs> the community better. I think they should uh, resort back to medical terms. And, you know, you you shoot someone. You're like, yeah, fillet my penis. <laughs> Take that. Very good. I think I'm just surrounded by a bunch of craven shrews. <laughs> so, <laughs> you call me a shrew, you bitch. You know what? <laughs> Shakespeare had to make up his own swears. There's no reason why our children can't suffer the same fate. Yeah. True. <laughs> um, it, just uh, a side note on on the swearing thing. I I don't really have any confirmation of this, so I wouldn't go so far as to say it's news. But 
I was reading a lot of threads about the article and relating to the article, and a couple people had been saying that like in NBA 2K14, they would swear and get a technical uh, from from the referee because of it. Um, and someone also posted like a screenshot of them playing a, another sports game where it, they were they were reprimanded for their cursing. And Manchester I just their football club had issued them a warning. I just love that at some point, like a, a developer had to sit down in front of this device <laughs> and say these horrible things to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I like, to, I like to imagine that. John Carmack left id Software. He was going to leave in order to get in on some sweet Oculus Rift development action, uh, but I guess he intended on staying for consulting, but he, he didn't for some reason. Is that right? Yeah, as far as I as far as I was reading, that seems to be the case. I, I have a I, I don't know enough about uh, it really, but I have a high suspicion that it's probably a personal reason, like like some kind of conflict uh, that, that has caused him to just choose not to do it. It could just be that he went to Oculus and found that the work was too much uh, to actually stay on it. But the way that he worded his tweet makes it seem like perhaps it just decided, you know what, fuck you, we'll see you later. Seems almost too impossible to believe because Carmack is just fucking brilliant as far as programming is concerned, and it just seems hard to believe, but I don't know. Well, there was Doom 3. Well, <laughs> uh, under the hood, Doom 3 is impressive, but yeah, as a game, it's not it's, it's not really anything impressive at all. I mean, you know, it's just, it's a game. How it's... quick you are to forget Doom 64. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. You beat me on that one. Fair enough. You got me there. I'm going to talk about X Rebirth really quick. Okay. Well, wait, wait, wait. There's still more news. Don't, don't silence me. <laughs> oh yeah, we we didn't uh, we didn't stick this one in the document yet because we we just put it up today. But um, Jay did a particularly nice write up on on Naughty Dog, which admittedly gets me giddy because they're they're pretty much hands down my favorite dev right now. Really. I don't know if you want to tell us more about that, Jay. Well, I mean, well, I mean, a couple of things are going on. So we kind of missed um, reporting on this when it was breaking news. But we do know a uh, new Uncharted is coming for PlayStation 4, which is very interesting. And we know that uh, we now have a Last of Us DLC, which stars your favorite, Ellie. And um, I don't know, both of the, both these products sound interesting. I think the big breaking news today, though, was uh, Corinne Yu is joining... Um, Naughty Dog, you know, she was kind of heavy lifter behind Halo uh, 4. Yeah, she was a heavy lifter behind Halo 4, and she's done some other stuff with 3D Realms, and, you know, she has a pretty extensive list, and she seems like a pretty high-profile developer to bring onto your team. They haven't quite said what she's doing yet, but um, I suspect, I'm highly suspicious it has to do with Uncharted 4. Which, which is good news, because, like, I, I, I think... Uh... I think aside from you and me, have you have you ever played Uncharted, Michael? I played one and two. Oh, okay. So you're you're fairly up to date. I liked the second one an awful lot, and then I went back and played one. So it was kind of a yeah. One kind of loses its luster, especially if you play it after two. People seem to think that two was kind of the best. I you know it was pretty hard. That, um, three has its moments, but I just I don't think there's anything that ever really tops the best parts of two. But yeah, uh, I hope I hope that they can pull it off again, because like I said, I, th I think it's probably uh, e even as much as I loved The Last of Us, I think Uncharted is my favorite uh, series. 
Yeah, and Uncharted seems like that's why I venture to guess that Corin is going to be put on um, Uncharted Four because that's kind of their big tentpole thing that really attracts people. But I think you know I I know there's a little confusion on on this here, and uh, we couldn't quite verify the information. But I think the um, original writer for Uncharted One and Two wasn't as involved as we think she was in Three. Amy Hennig is her name, and it seems like she's coming back in a more kind of stationary and key role in Uncharted 4. So if you were a bigger fan or two, that's probably good news. Hmm. And just one more little thing before we move on, and that's uh, the Persona news that I posted up. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I know I, I, I don't think anyone here has really played it and is a seriously huge fan of the series. Um, it's it's been that, on my uh, it's been on my intentional list uh, of stuff to get to forever, but it's uh, it, the games always wind up being kind of like swan songs for their systems. Like I feel yeah. like uh, was it three that was uh, one of the last, or, or I think one of them was like the one of the last PlayStation games, and then the yeah. next the next one was like one of the very last PlayStation two games. And so it's like I've I've usually already upgraded by the time a Persona game comes out, and so I don't usually wind up going back and playing them again. Um, See, I think I think you hit on the point exactly because that was kind of my news that after the uh, you know they just announced Persona Five is going to be coming to PlayStation Three, and there's so much outrage, but it's kind of what they always do <laughs> on every system. Yeah, that seems to be their legacy. Yeah, so uh, wasn't a big deal when I when I heard it was coming to the PlayStation Three. I kind of expect that. Well, and it's funny because everybody gives like Dark Souls two a pass, and uh, you know that's not coming out until like what March or something like that. Something like that. And that's only that's only launching on last gen stuff. So, uh, I mean, you know, get over it. It's okay. Get uh, over it. Yeah, <laughs> you can leave your PlayStation three hooked up a little longer. <laughs> it's not going to hurt anyone. Well, as far um, as Dark Souls two is going, though, it's also coming out on PC, which uh, I think they kind of said that they're going to try to actually make an attempt when they do the port this time so it'll look nice right out of the box you don't have to put in a bunch of mods and shit to like unlock frame rates and things so that'll be good as well yeah well i'm interested to see if they actually do that because if they do then that could be the best version of it uh, whereas uh for dark souls pc was definitely not the best version of it by any stretch well, well it was i would say it was by the end uh it, it after. is after you mod it but yeah um because like a lot of that shit is even a, a pretty poor presentation on, on the console. Like like Blight Town, uh, you can actually get to run you know reasonably on the PC with mods, uh, which is funny because on the 360, Blight Town is just a nightmare to try to navigate. It's it's like playing a flipbook. Like, it's sad. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good flipbook though. Yeah, I flip, would recommend it. It's a flipbook I enjoy. And, uh, you know, jolly cooperation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Jason, you had a game that you hated you wanted to tell us about. Yes. Uh, I will I will talk about it for a very, very short amount of time because I just don't like it. It's X Rebirth. I think it's a bad game. So, it's not going to get so, a good review. <laughs> I'm so curious about this because the X, it, apparently it's a series. Yes. Oh, I, wait, I wait, 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 wait. Is X Rebirth... Space Sim. Oh, Space Sim. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I've never heard of the X series. I guess uh, there, there's a reason. <laughs> it was published by Deep Silver, which is which is so risky. Yeah, like, it's just, a bad sign. Just so risky because sometimes you'll get like a good game, 
but there's a pretty good chance that you're going to get a bad game too. There's a lot like, of monster truck <laughs> games slapped in there as well. The so. the odds are the odds are admittedly not in your favor, but I thought it looked really cool. At least I thought the gameplay looked really cool. And so I'm curious as to why tell me tell me what's wrong with it. What what do you do first of all? Is it is it a fighting like space combat sim or Well, the point of it is that you're kind of freelancing it, so Theoretically, you can set up your own like bases and set up your own space stations, uh, maybe build a fleet. I'm not sure about that. But the real problem is just that the game, <laughs> it's not very well designed in any way. And it shows through most in like the voice acting, which is so incredibly off-putting. Um, it's worse than Resident Evil on PlayStation. You're kidding me. It, it's really way worse. It takes, you know, you were almost a Jill sandwich to greater heights uh, and beyond. That's if you play the campaign mode. As far as I know, nobody talks at all if you do like a sandbox mode. But the problem is if you jump into the sandbox mode, you have no idea what you're doing. Uh, so you sort of have to go through the campaign mode and listen to everybody's horrible speaking voice explain to you how to play for like at least two or three hours until you get the hang of it. And all the while I'm fighting frame rate issues because the game just doesn't want to run well no matter what you do. And it seems to be an issue that they're aware of. And they're like, well, on certain systems, it's going to be so crippling that you can't even play. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm one of those people. And it's been, I think we're like seven or eight patches in since the game came out, but it's not helping. And I, I'm sure by the time I get around to actually reviewing the game, it'll have probably... 10 or more patches, but it's not going to help any. And there's no possible way this game can get more than a two at this point. It's, but, pr it's pretty, but that's it. So is it just performance problems that, or, or like, is it just that the gameplay itself is the gameplay is really stiff and weird. The first space sim I ever really enjoyed was freelancer, which was just smooth as butter and controlled well. And this doesn't control well. It's unintuitive. The, the dashboard on your spaceship isn't really informative and it's too busy and there's too many lights and colors everywhere. So the readouts don't make much sense unless you squint at them. It's just a fucking nightmare and I don't like it. Let me let me ask a, a question that I'm curious about. Um, you mentioned the voice acting as being a particular sticking point. What if, hypothetically, what if they went in and they took out all the cutscenes and the characters and uh, and they replace the characters with like live action recordings, like like Mad Dog McCree, or you know what I mean, like um, like Command and like Conquer, full, like full motion video. Yeah, what if they did that and it was really cheeseball um, full mo like they're clearly wearing costumes they made themselves <laughs> with tinfoil and. Yeah, I always liked the Command and Conquer series. It's like it's cheeseball, but it's charming. It's not stupid. I mean, it is stupid, but but it's still charming. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what I'm at. Would that yeah. make it more charming? If yeah, that would, make, was like... that would make it a lot better. But, you know, it, as it is right now, right. And the humans don't look like humans. They just look like some weird thing that came out of a, a, a human <laughs> generator made by a machine. Like, this is what we think humans look like. And everybody just looks funky and animates funky and nobody can talk. And the main character sounds like he's narrating a car commercial. It's just really bad. Good times. And, and I want to burn it with fire. Yeah, well, there's your there's your tip, Deep Silver. Hire the like Sawyer from Lost and have him come in and and, and fix your fucking game. If Command and Conquer could afford it, you can afford it too. Yeah, 
So do that. God damn it. Oh, the music's nice. But, oh, but yeah. yeah. Good. So there's that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so that's where that two comes from. Yeah. The the one and the two. The it comes from the graphics that look okay when it's in a screenshot and the music which sounds okay. I, I heard that it didn't have a very smooth launch. And and so just to be clear, like its major problems are probably not gonna get patched out. Like they're it's still gonna have it could be. I mean, even biggest... if it does, I, I think it's irrelevant to us because I've always envisioned us as, you know, what you ship is what you like. If I play it and it's all fucked up and broken, I don't care if you patch it later. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, let's like, be clear. Yeah. They were in such a hurry to patch the game that even if I had reviewed the game like a day after it had come out, it would still be like two or three patches in. <laughs> They've been scrambling ever since it released, but it's not doing any good. So, yeah. Right, those are some weird-looking uh, humans. Yeah, I showed a picture in chat at one point, and I know Michael saw it. It was just like some creepy-looking, like uh, a nice, sleek-bodied woman with like this creepy grandpa face wearing a, <laughs> a visor. And it's like, oh, uh, what? <laughs> oh, that was that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That was pretty gross. Well, good, because I'm always getting titillated in my space games. Yeah, and it would be nice to have someone come in and kind of just force me not to have that. <laughs> a pretty major boner killer. Yeah, you used to have to pay someone to punch you in the dick whenever you play a space game. Yeah, but <laughs> now you can play X Rebirth, and it's like being punched in the dick without someone actually doing it. Much rather play Evacron Mercenary. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you're thinking about getting X Rebirth for fifty dollars, save all that money and buy. Evacron Mercenary, it's like 20 bucks and it's better and nobody talks. <laughs> As you're meant to do in space. <laughs> right. That's God. right. All right. So be it. So uh, Friday, Jared and I went out to GameStop and we picked up the uh, Xbox One. First things first, like it's a midnight release that we went to. You kind of expect everybody to be excited. I've never seen so many frowning people in one location at one time. <laughs> Except people who are in line to play Mirror Moon. I would agree. No, nobody was really super stoked. It's it kind of just like a. It was, it was almost like a like a well we have to do this kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, we were standing outside. We were cold, but even like when people went into the store and came out with an Xbox, I think they were frowning more than when they went in. Well, yeah. They're, so they're down five hundred or four or some. They're down money. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and so. all, all they're up is fucking Rise and Dead Rising. So <laughs> it, I will say uh, a side note about the midnight launch, because while we were there, we hadn't already purchased um, Rise. And, and I also wanted to pick up Mario. So I'm like the one person there buying a Nintendo game at midnight. And um, I have to say, I hate shopping at GameStop so much because what would be a five-minute line anywhere else is like a 30-minute line at GameStop because everybody was there trading in the Xbox 360 games. <laughs> like, like, so I, I didn't think this would work, but people would, would buy Battlefield 4 on the 360, and then GameStop has the deal where you trade it in and you get it on the Xbox One for $10 or whatever. Everybody was doing that. Everybody. <laughs> I don't understand. Why didn't you just wait a week? Just got to have it. Got to get it in you, I guess. <laughs> but I just wanted to buy two games, and I think I waited like 30 minutes to do so. You stood there forever. Yeah, it took a long time. 
so long. But hey, the staff was nice. Yeah, yeah, good job, staff. But hey, sh- sh- shop about that. Tell me about the fucking system. Okay, so, you know, a lot of this I already put up in my uh, first impressions article. I don't uh, have time to read. Well, of course not. It's the internet. Anyhow, so I bring it home, and I open it up, and it's, I mean, it's pretty big and heavy, you know, more so than I was expecting, but it does look pretty good. I mean, I was kind of hoping something that you could, for something that you could put into your, uh, you know, entertainment system, and it would kind of hide and look discreet rather than like, you know, a big white Xbox with a shining green X, but it, it looks pretty good. But anyhow, so I turn it on, and the first thing that happens is I get this bright orange screen with the Xbox logo <clears> on it. And I think, like, okay, it's loading. So I sit there. And after five minutes, it still hasn't done anything. I'm like, okay, this is probably not right. So I pick up the controller like it's, uh, you know, like maybe I'm supposed to be doing something. And I'm moving the stick around, and I can hear, like, little blips as a menu moves around. But I can't see anything. And I start hitting buttons, and eventually that goes away. But, like, that that is a really bad first experience for my $500 very expensive console. Do you think it was loading the menu and just didn't say it was or, or something? I actually well, no, the, the I think logo it's, uh... stuck around and I could still like I could move the menu like I hit buttons and then it brought up the uh connect configuration menu. Yeah. I I think it uh you you're not the first person to report that. I think most of the people who bought one on launch reported that it just had a really uh unintuitive boot sequence, I guess. I don't know if you I don't know if it showed up in the instructions anywhere. No. That, that you should just wait through it, but yeah, I just said turn it on and follow the instructions. I saw a lot of people on launch night reporting like, "Oh, my console's broken," and if you just waited five minutes, it wasn't <laughs> broken. But well, I I waited five minutes. Nothing. That's that's I had Microsoft's bad. Because if if you can put a logo on it, then you could also just put something right under that logo that says "Wait." Yeah, yeah. How hard is that? Worst loading and, screen. You know, it, nothing's broken. It's fine. It's just. It, it was kind of a scary moment, like, oh, good, I bought a broken Xbox. But. <laughs> Your baby had just died. Yes, exactly. Stillbirth. I, I don't know. I don't exactly fully understand how this is working, but I was reading something today saying that, you know, so the Xbox One's big problem was disk drives. A lot of people got damaged uh, disk drives uh, with it, so they put the game in and it would start to click and make weird noises. And I was reading today, I think Microsoft said they were giving, if you had that problem, they would ship you a new system, and then while you were waiting, they were apparently giving you a free digital copy of the game uh, that you were trying to play of, of your really? choice. I don't really fully understand how that works because they were saying this as though it's like while you wait to ship your system back to us, you can play this game. I don't know if that means they're giving people new consoles and then just expecting a return, or if maybe it's because it doesn't really seem like it yeah. serves much purpose if you're just going to send the console that you would play it on back. But either way, a nice, nice uh, move on their part. Yeah, better that they're taking care of their people. Their their failure rate has uh, at least felt smaller than the PlayStation Four failure rate. Really, oh, that's I, good. I would say I say felt because no one could really speculate exactly how either one did. I think. Yeah. It's just so blown out of proportion with with social media and stuff like that. But uh, I think people, you know, both on the internet and at large in social media and. Uh, on the video game journalism sites, just like looking for the negative and reporting sure. on that. Yeah. And so. we'll talk about that when I get to rise, but <laughs> for the most part, you know, like, like I said, I haven't had as much time to play around with it as I'd like. First off, the interface is pretty nice. It feels a lot more intuitive. It's less clunky than it was on the 360. And I know this shouldn't bother me, but like one third of the home screen 
is a store. Like I, I've had, as I said, I had a problem where I bother you. I mean, you just dropped so much money on a console. The last thing you want to see is a store saying, "Hey, want to give me a little more money?" (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's. And I mean, you know, it's it's good to have the store because you know now I can buy a game if I want to. But but like on the the on the Wii, you know, it was like a little button, like a channel that you could actually just remove if you wanted to. Well, even yeah. even the uh, PlayStation Four store is relatively tucked away. Like it's not in your face. Like you need this or anything like that. Get it now. Well, I mean, and, and it launches on the you know the the home screen where you have like your, the game that you play last and you know your settings and whatnot. So you actually have to move it over to the store screen. It's just it's so big. I don't know. It felt just a little churlish. But you can't take it all at once. Well, and you've got, you know you've got pins that you can add to the to the front yes. screen there too. So. But even even those are kind of like tucked away, aren't they? They're kind of off to the left. Yeah, they're off to the left, but you know, it's just one click over. But uh, it's it's kind of a difficult interface to get the handle of. You know, as I said, things that you use get uh, placed on the home screen, and then things that you don't, you're kind of left to your own devices to find. Which took me a while to get used to, but now that I've had it for a while, you know, it it makes sense. I'm sure it's going to go through a couple of iterations as they patch and update it, and I'm sure it'll get better. But Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. And the Xbox more so than the PlayStation, at least I, I would anticipate. Because if you look at the uh, cross-media bar on the PlayStation from launch to, to today... Um, it's pretty much identical, but if you look at the place, or if you look at the 360, you you can't, you would never know that one was the same as the other. Like they look yeah. like entirely different systems. So that's not something I'm terribly concerned about. Two things that I'm really impressed with is first, it runs Whisper Quiet, which, I mean, at, at home I have an old, you know, like uh, original 360, and it sounds like a jet turbine. <laughs> This, on the other hand, is like I can't even tell it's on when I'm playing it, which is fantastic. Do you have it in like a cabinet or anything, or is it just sitting freestanding? It's sitting on top of a file cabinet underneath the TV against the uh, manufacturer instructions. <laughs> it's going to burn a hole in the bottom of your TV. Well, I only have so much space, which actually brings me to the next point is the Connect is finally like a working device rather than God's punishment for a sinful world. <laughs> right. I wasn't really excited about having to pay the extra $100 for the Connect, but now that I have it, I'm really starting to like it. You know, the the voice commands work really well. Like, hold on. Xbox on. There it goes. Well, look at that. Like just like just now live for the people? Yeah. <laughs> live demonstration. Not going to get that anywhere hot, else. Hot damn. And <laughs> it, it's uh it's hooked into the TV with HDMI, so can it like turn the TV on too and all that stuff? Yes, I haven't set that up. I think it can, at least. Like I said, I don't have cable or Netflix, so I haven't done a whole lot of uh, tooling around with the multimedia stuff. But and the other thing is, like, I've set it up in my bedroom, which is very cramped. Like, I maybe have two feet from the Connect before you get to me. And even still, I'm able to get fairly decent response out of it. Like, I couldn't play a game with it. I, I would have to move it to a bigger location. But for being just so way below what the minimum specified requirements are it seems pretty functional so i'm i've got a lot of uh i'm really hoping that this works out well cuz d4 is coming out and that's all connected i'm very excited for that oh it's it's all connect hmm? I, I didn't know it was all connect i think it's all connect or at least oh. a lot of it is cuz you'll huh. you'll do the fighting entirely via connect and it it should be 
it should work pretty well. I've, I mean, if you've ever looked at the, uh, like the actual pictures of the scans of what the Kinect actually sees, like the original Kinect, it's mm-hmm. really chunky and low res. It can barely see your, fi- it can barely see like where your hand is positioned, let alone your fingers. Uh, basically it just came out way too early and was way too weak at the time to to be useful for anything uh, aside from very obvious, like arm and leg waggling. But, and that's, I I think now it's probably going to be to the point where it'll read everything really well and it won't lose track of you. And Mm -hmm. theoretically you should be able to play a whole game based around using the connect without getting enraged because it's not (laughs) detecting something. Well, like I said, I was awfully disappointed to hear that D4 was going to be a Kinect game because my previous experience on the Kinect with 360, like you, you could never play a game that way. But so this one oh. seems to work pretty oh, well. Oh, my friend, Steel <laughs> Battalion Heavy Armor. Clearly, you've never played Fruit Ninja. <laughs> Begs to differ. Fruit Ninja actually works pretty well. Um, yeah, but why? and like and like dance dance games work. I think I have Just Dance three. And let me tell you, that works just fine. It doesn't. Okay, you could never play a game worth playing with a 360 connection. <laughs> never play a good game. But, what if uh, what if you played like Superman 64 on it, and like the everything synced up perfect, like the controls <laughs> finally worked, and like you could fly through all the loops no problem. It's like oh, this, like this is what they were going Superman. for. <laughs> everything was just like right on. Well, that would be a game. Food for but, thought. Uh, Think about it. So. Like I said, I haven't really had a chance to sit down and find out all of the in-depth features. Like I've I've only attempted to edit some gameplay footage once and just for a few minutes, but so far my impression of the hardware is actually pretty positive. I'm excited. And then for my launch title, I got Rise: Son of Rome, which is probably one of the most hated titles that people didn't play. Well, and I had warned previously and it wasn't even me being like Oh, this game's gonna suck dick. It was like, eh, it's probably it's. It looks like it's gonna be like a popcorn movie type game. But people well, are expecting and it, it is. To be... And I'm, I'm not talking about you, Jason. I'm talking yeah. about the rest of the internet. Like, right. it's like they were invested in this game being bad. Yes, <laughs> I think I think, and maybe maybe Jay can speak a little bit to this a bit. But I think it kind of falls in line with with what you see with movies where. They didn't screen it to critics, essentially. Like, they they let critics play the game, but the review embargo didn't break until the day before. No, that's true. And it's usually a telltale sign with movies, too, where they they don't have uh, pre-screenings for critics. It's usually indicative of uh of something not being so good and so i think them doing that paired up with the just the bad press that it got once the review embargo did break um I think that put pretty much puts everybody in the right mindset. Well, actually, now that you know people are free to review it, there's some pretty good. I mean, people are admitting that it's not as bad as everyone expected it to be. And I will say, I think part of it is the fault of uh, Crytek or Microsoft Studios because you know, like I, I looked at the uh, the fall the web series they put out, and it doesn't make it out to be the game that it turned out to be. It looks like it's trying to be a serious, you know, dark, like HBO drama. Yeah. And this game is definitely not that. That's but interesting. Instead of telling you what it's not, let me tell you about what it is. Yeah. So for about eight hours, you kill every human being you can find, chopping off limbs and slicing throats and just basically painting the ancient world in blood. The end. Do you ever do you ever get to ride a griffin? <laughs> no. 
they're okay well i'll get to the story in just a bit but you know it's a it's a hack and slash brawler with lots of violence um the mechanics aren't particularly deep but i feel like you would really have to go into this with your mind made up that you hate it to not at least have a little bit of fun with it because it's not in depth but you know for the first couple hours it's pretty cool i mean you know it's a lot of like jason said it's a popcorn action flick type game with you know the big explosive scenes and the you know nicely choreographed fights but well it's, so it's fun i ask about the griffin because i i actually am, am genuinely curious do they get into mysticism at all or, or do they keep it pretty ground in reality there is a slight mysticism subplot oh you uh, fucking idiots i know i was hey, really hey, I was re- hey. <laughs> not necessarily you fucking idiots okay some of us like that shit but no, please continue. But I just think it's I just think that when you go to the the ancient Rome or ancient Greece well, I just think it is so overdone to be like and here's Zeus. Well, or, well, here's the thing. We knew a little bit beforehand that uh, especially from early gameplay videos that we saw that it wasn't going to be accurate to real life because someone had pointed this out. Uh, there was a video where you're like breaking exploding barrels and someone had pointed out there wasn't gunpowder back then (laughs) and so that was kind of like yeah this is definitely more of the the sort of dumb fun if you're looking for something historically accurate then you're clearly coming to the wrong game right but there's there's a line between historically accurate and like oh i'm turning into a deer to spy on these ladies taking a bath (laughs) okay (laughs) What's wrong with that? No, there's well, nothing wrong with that. I just think it's Jared so... is quoting Greek mythology there. He's not just pulling that out of his ass. <laughs> it's such I it's know. such low hanging fruit. You know, it's just uh, okay. I I will say when the the first time you see something that's you vaguely mystical, I, I groaned. I really just I didn't want to deal with that. Oh it God. doesn't it doesn't end up working out that badly. I think it, the whole game could have been played just fine without it. So it's very I think easy you guys just like there. sucking the fun and imagination out of a child's mind. Go find well, your inner child and then come back here. No, 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 hold but on, you're, you're on. misunderstanding because the, the point that I have is just that it's almost like things are reversed now where it's so commonplace to go to that well and to grab some magic out of it that like now what I'd like to see is for you to go to that well and to not grab some magic out of it. And and, and what the what the listener doesn't know is this is spawning from an argument that we had about, <laughs> about Tomb Raider. <laughs> And these are these are apples and oranges because what bothered me in Tomb Raider is not necessarily what's bothering me here. It's I just I, I don't know. I have a sneaking suspicion. So let me ask you this. Let me let me, okay. let me just throw a hypothetical situation. We, we haven't even let him explain the magic yet. So maybe I do love it. But t- give me your situation. <laughs> throw it at me anyway. I, I just want to throw a hypothetical situation based on what you're saying. Based on what you're saying, right? If I were to design a magical girl show, okay. Uh-huh. Where the girls were all yes. wearing like lace and frilly skirts, but they had no powers. Would you be far more accepting of my work then? Well, I just think it would be a lot more original. I would be more accepting of it. <laughs> I, I think that you probably, I think I can acknowledge that you probably didn't do a good job because it's called a magical girl show. But the girl, <laughs> the girl is not in fact magic. But, but I'm just so tired of everything having to be magic. I could really go for just like a, a you know gritty realistic Roman draw like like 300 the movie is a good example where like 
I didn't need to see the hunchback or whatever. It bordered too close on fantasy. Like it was like having a, a little hobbit roll in. Uh, and like there were like, if you take the Cyclops at a 300, it's pretty realistic. Yeah. Well, well, but it's more so. <laughs> Sorry. I, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> you know, uh, fuck. So what is the magic? Spoil it. Uh, okay. Or, or should, is it, is it a big spoiler? No, really. I think I'm just saving you a couple of minutes of uncomfortable, shitty exposition. Okay. Go the, at the beginning of the game, the main character's father, uh, explains the myth of Damocles, you know, as in the story of Damocles, uh, he was murdered by his cowardly generals or something like that. And he went to the underworld and nemesis sent him back to take revenge. So basically there are points in the game where you catch these little glimpses of who I assume to be nemesis. And she kind of, she doesn't even guide you for the most part. It's like, it's like the last scene or the last level of the game when you finally actually make contact and all she does is say, go save Rome. So it's not, it's not really a big element of the game. It just felt like it would have been fine without it. And for the most part, I will give this story credit or I will give rise credit because it knows that nobody's playing it for the story. Like I don't, you don't have to sit through a whole lot of like really bad, awkwardly acted scenes or they never try to be deeper than the game is. So for the most part, it's like there are some barbarians. Go cut their heads off. Nice. Okay, so let me let me give you Jay. Since uh, let me give you an example of a story that I think uh, that would that would just give me a, a story boner, like a big old story boner. Go ahead. So the there's a guy and and he his wife dies right and mm-hmm. and he meets a witch and the witch says I'll bring your wife back, but. I'm going to need you to go to the top of Mount Everest and get me a fistful of snow from the, from the tippy top, from the summit. If it's anywhere else, I'll know the difference, but from the summit, get me a fistful of snow, bring it back to me, keep it cool. Don't let it melt. And then I can bring your wife back to life. And so the guy goes, he climbs Mount Everest. He gets the snow amongst great trials and tribulations. He brings it back to her and he gives it to her. And he's like, okay, now fulfill your end of the bargain. She's like, ain't no such thing as magic. <laughs> but but aren't you a stronger guy now for having done all this shit? Yeah. Oh, hot <laughs> I want to refund. The real treasure is you, my, my good sir. <laughs> the story is terrible. Give me my money back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. Give me my money back. The funny thing is I, I saw that coming a mile Ooh. away. <laughs> yeah, dead, I what, I keep getting, what I keep getting is these gritty dramas where they start out as this hard boiled exciting thing and then they end with like witches that do bring your wife back and i'm like not indigo interested. prophecy <laughs> yeah like yeah, indigo. I, I i think indigo prophecy is on a whole another level indigo prophecy wasn't just magic indigo prophecy was bugs and the matrix and yeah. snow and everything <laughs> fair enough i'm on jared's side i would like to see a few more stories that don't necessarily have to have a supernatural element to so i'm gonna i'm gonna write you that magical girl show with no magic i'll no, that's all right. do that will, just for you i will read it but you can't do it <laughs> i will read it all <laughs> uh, i just think that um i i don't know that's that's my problem with with it that's that's all i Ooh, hey super mario 3d world hey did you hear that yeah. came out tell me why it's a six out of five <laughs> it's not a six out of five <laughs> but tell, um, tell us why you can't beat it Oh, for God's sake. Wait, wait, All wait, right. wait. <laughs> wait. 
right. Well, so let me let me start with uh, if you played Mario 3D World on the 3DS, it's the same general concept as that. It, it's the same. Uh, I don't know what what angle. There's probably a technical term for the angle that you're playing it at, but it's the same top down perspective uh, that that game was, which which kind of makes it a little hard to move around sometimes. Like it means that you have to keep a close eye on your shadow to know exactly where you're going to land and. I, I had a little trouble adjusting to jumping on enemies, uh, but you get used to it pretty quick. It's not it's not a big deal. It is a perfect blend between old and new, and it fixes most of the complaints I have about new Super Mario Brothers. I, I wouldn't say that it's as groundbreaking as, as Mario Galaxy, but it's really fucking solid. So the, the big stuff is uh, you can pick from four characters now. There's, there's Mario, Luigi... Uh, Peach and Toad and each of those characters have carried over so it, right off the bat we're off to a good start because it's not Mario, Luigi and two Toads like, yeah, the, the yellow Toad and the blue Toad yellow Toad and blue Toad no now it's now it's actual characters are you um, serious? yellow Toad and blue Toad were my favorites well yellow Toad is gone I fear <laughs> um, but so the Mario's Toad as we call them it's almost a carbon copy of Super Mario 2 so Luigi can jump really high uh, Peach gets kind of a floaty move. Toad runs faster, uh, but jumps a little lower. And then Mario's kind of the all-rounder. And uh, so that that's a really nice change in pace. It it can kind of cause a little bit of trouble when you're playing multiplayer because only one person can be one character. So you might have two people who play really good with uh, with Toad, but they're going to have to fight it out to see who gets what. But it's a it's a really good time. It's a really great game. It's it's got a lot of like old musical cues when you when you die and get a and lose a life, uh, it it plays the old an old little tune that you'll recognize and and like there's a there's a Mario Kart level that I was particularly fond of, where you run around on an on an old Super Nintendo Mario Kart track. That's pretty sweet. It's hmm. actually pretty awesome. If the game does have something that I don't like, it's probably its life system, which I which I chastised uh, Sonic for. And it's it's less of a problem for Mario, but it still is something that I just think we don't need to do anymore. Yeah, huh? Um, <laughs> the game's hard. It's, 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 it's perfectly hard. It's really well balanced. It's not like Sonic where you can fly off a cliff at a moment's notice for no particular uh, reason or, or fault that really should be your own. Um, when you die in that game, it always feels pretty fair. It always feels pretty tough. But if you die enough times, specifically five, then you get booted back out to the overworld and you get to start the whole level over again, which is kind of annoying. And it has it has the exact same. I'll tell you what strategy drives me nuts in a game is where I'll start a new level in a platformer and I only have one life. And so I know that rather than get halfway through the level and deal with the frustration of maybe making a mistake and starting over again, Rather than deal with that, I'll just kill myself right off the bat so I know that I have five fresh new lives to play that level with. Suicide is always the answer. That's stupid. That's stupid that there's ever a game where I could have that problem. It's silly. That is my stance. So let, let me understand I'm falling correctly. So if you die on a level, it's that level or the world? No, no, no. Uh, it, it just resets the level. So you're just playing the level again. But if you get to the halfway checkpoint... And then you get stuck. I think it's really lame that if I die two more times or or maybe even one more time, depending on how many lives I have when I started the level, I think it's lame that I get kicked out and have to do the part that I already cleared again. I don't understand why you'd make me do that. Seems like a different mentality. My mentality is when I only have one life left, I better do fucking good this time. 
Yeah, or you could just kill yourself, get five new ones, and get five chances. Or you could say, um, I'm gonna, this time. I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, I'm on Jason's side for this one. <laughs> the, the debate has begun. The well, debate uh, has begun. As so, it stands, I'm on Jared's side, so we are equally matched. It, it was a complaint I leveled <laughs> against. A puppeteer had the same problem. Like, I don't want to replay that much of the game. I've already figured it out. Why should I? Why should I die and have to start over and play a bunch of stuff I've already done? But don't it's, you don't you think that the life system is kind of a core part of platformers? Yeah, yeah, and it made sense in back 1986. When, back when I was putting quarters in and they needed more of my money. <laughs> It was it was a design element, but just because something has been a design element for a long time, I don't think means that it needs to stay. And but we're I, not exactly talking about like tank controls here, like Resident Evil. Well, and like I said, I, I have less of an issue with it with Mario because I think that for the most part, Mario's pretty generous with lives, and it's and it's pretty fair. Um, and if you're playing with a co-op partner, it's even better because you both get five lives and it's a pool that you can both share from, which is a good thing and a bad thing if you're playing with somebody who's not good at the game. But that gives you a lot of chances before things go south. But I, I know that everybody's tired of it. But like I said, Rayman doesn't have any of that shit. If you die in Rayman, it sets you back maybe like two or three jumps, two or three steps. And then it lets you try it again. And their levels are really, really hard. I would go so far as to say that some of them are harder than anything that Mario or Sonic can offer. And they're able to do that, but not make it super frustrating because you're never kicked all the way back out and have to start everything over again. I've played some Rayman levels for hours, but I was able to persevere and it was worth playing for hours because I kept getting to try the stuff that I was stuck on instead of going back and having to repeat all the stuff that I wasn't stuck on. It seems like a very conscious design element because in Rayman, you said it's harder than Mario and Sonic. And Sonic, I'm not going to give any accolades for good game design. But, I mean, if it's not that big a deal in Mario, then... <laughs> it's it's not. And and like I said, I, I, don't think, uh, I don't think that it's enough that it would affect its score. Uh, but I, I do think it certainly did affect Sonic's score. It's one of the core reasons why I wouldn't recommend that game to anybody. But, uh, but I right, just don't... But I, 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 it's just I, unnecessary. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I think the difference there, at least my interpretation of it, is that in Sonic, it was so poorly designed that when you died... You know, there were occasions or maybe, you know, mostly it wasn't your fault because the controls are kind of all over the place and Sonic would go rocketing off right. level or something. And that's why the life system is frustrating there. But if Mario is far more fair and you're the one that's kind of just dying and losing the lives, then, you know, that seems more like, well, eh. <laughs> well, so what, what element of fun does lives add to the game? I mean, it doesn't add anything. That's yeah. the answer to that question. <laughs> I don't understand how I can how I can be in opposition here. Let me ask you this: Do you think that Rayman needs lives? Like, do you think that? I I think I think that yeah. You think that's a mistake on their part to not? I have don't it? think it's a mistake on their part, but I don't think that you know just because a design element works really well in one kind of game, it can necessarily apply to another kind of game. But they're I the same think, kind I, of game. And and I think I think what we're talking about here is you know you're asking how lives are fun, but I I find. You know, you always have to find some, at least for me, I have to find some level of challenge in a game. So if I know I only have five lives or whatever, and if I spend them and my punishment for that is uh, having to start the game over again, then I'm like, okay, fine. That's the that's the, that's the punishment, and that's kind of a challenge to me. That's what but, but why I'm looking at if I punished? Like, real life will, oh, are, is already punishing you for all, all of the things <laughs> real, that you've done. Real life is, 
but real and life punishes you for you, you know real real life punishes you for all sorts of things. Real life will punish you for things you do right. You know, exactly. in a video so game. Why, why do I have to go and experience that mechanic in my games? I, I, I mean, you know, graduating from you know a, a school and then not being able to get a job. Uh, that's a that's a that's an unfair punishment. Dying exactly. For so life why would you want to go play? I can't get a job. The game. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, we're talking about the same thing. By your by your theory, though, why why make you restart the level? Why don't they re- retract all the progress you made and make you start back over at level one every time? Because if, if you want to if you want to go old school, that's how all the Super Nintendo games are. You lose three lives, you start at level one. Why don't we just why do that it again? Just jam a razor. There are actually a few games like that out there now that I really like. Like what? There are, there, there are games. There are games that are so punishing. What about the new Contras? Do you have? Do you? Don't you? Only have a select amount of lives for those. I don't know. I have. I haven't played any of the new Contras. Right. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I. Either way, I think. I think whatever you decide, kind of the punishment versus reward is for your gameplay model. Like earlier, you know, even though it's not the same exact kind of concept as the Mario games, you know, earlier I bought up No More Heroes because in No More Heroes, if you messed up on a boss fight, then it was usually guaranteed it was your fault because their moves are so projected. And sometimes they're only projected by kind of a split second. Um, so you have to really be on your toes. And each of those battles in No More Heroes, even though there's a whole level before it, and even though there is a checkpoint before the boss fight, each boss fight takes about 10 minutes to complete. So if you fuck up in the very final phase of a boss fight and they only have a little bit of health left and you have to start that boss fight over again, that's kind of what happens there. And for me, there was like a real challenge involved. And it's like, oh, man, I don't want to start this boss over, but I'm learning each time and I'm you know, able to progress past it. And once I beat the boss, you know, it feels like an actual achievement in this game. I, I, I just think that, you know, I think I think different people like different levels of challenge from the game. That's not necessarily not fun to them. Let me uh let me let me put in my my two cents here because Please. I've been thinking about this while you guys have been talking. <laughs> and P- ponder. Yes. <clears throat> Allow me to pontificate uh about this issue. Thank you, Pope. Uh yes. Oh. Yes. Well, you would be the authority then. <laughs> I am now the authority. So it almost seems like a matter of degrees. It's not a matter of this system is wrong like we should get rid of it or we should keep it. It's more of degree to which you should be punished because you can take a slippery slope in either direction. And let me explain those slippery slopes. You can go too far in Jay's direction and my direction and say, okay, you, you died at the last boss of the game. Well, you go back to the very beginning of the game and 10 hours of progress is gone. That would be a bad thing. I think you, Mm -hmm. if you take the slippery slope in the other direction, you could argue that not only should you not have lives, but you shouldn't have a life bar. Because if you only have one hit left, then why keep playing the level that you're in? You might as well kill yourself and start over with a fresh life bar. And you could even further take that by saying, well, why do I even take damage? Why can't I just keep playing until I get to the end, regardless of what happens? And that would also be bad. I think we would all agree. Like if you just could plow through a game and never hit any stumbling blocks or never mm-hmm. be set back at all for anything. I'll, I'll tell you what would make me greatly forgiving of a, of a life system is, is kind of a little bit of what you described. Just refresh the lives at the beginning of every level. Give me five chances on every level and don't punish me because I had a hard time two levels earlier. Don't punish me now when I get to the, to the new level and I get stuck somewhere 
because that's that's not fun. That's not any that's not any better. But if I, don't that, know. I, think, I, I think as far as Mario is concerned, I'm just not going to see eye to eye on that on this one, because I mean, there's so many chances to get lives in a Mario game anyway, that I think most Mario games I play by the time I've gotten to Bowser or whatever, it's like, yeah, sure, I died a ton, but I also have something like 30 lives to spend on it. Yeah, and I can do that. I, I know almost in every Mario game, I know where to go to farm lives. In New but, Super Mario Brothers Wii, I think they had one part at the end of a level where the, the there was a, level. a lot of bullet bills just flying everywhere. And if you, I was able to just like bounce on them nonstop and I got like 99 lives that way. One of the, one of the New Super Mario's, there's a, a uh, I think the first level you can you can get a shell and it, Nintendo even shows you how to do it. So you you unlock these videos where they give you tips to go back and like find secrets in levels. And uh, this one will show you if you grab like the first enemy's shell and follow it through the entire level, which is easy because it's the first level. You'll get like 15 lives just from running through the level because it keeps killing more and more uh, Koopas and you keep getting uh, lives for it after you chain them up. But I, I, that's not that's not fun to me. Like I just want to play the game, and I think that as a I think that as a game designer, you need to take some consideration to that because if you look at the number of people who actually finish the games they purchase nowadays, it, it's really small. Most people don't finish games anymore, and if you're a designer, that's really to your disadvantage because a it means you designed a bunch of content that that eighty percent of your uh, people are never going to see. And then B, it also means they're most likely going to go trade it in when they're done with it. And then you've got a bunch of used games on the market and then you're losing sales. And I think that whether... Sounds a little extreme to me, but go ahead. I think that's true. (laughs) That's the truth of it. If you go look at uh, PlayStation 4 achievements, the trophies, it's pretty remarkable how few people... You can even see it on PS3, I think. You can see how many people have the completed the game trophies for most of your games. And they're all very rare. What do you think? What do you think happens question. to those games when you give up? You don't just let them sit in your house. You take them to GameStop and you trade them in. Are they necessarily giving up though? I have a ton of games I haven't finished, and I still own all of them. You have games you haven't finished, and you own them. And then you have to ask, you know, how much of that is the casual market? It's not necessarily because oh, this one's too hard. I'm going to go trade it in. Well, but you're just providing one other reason not to finish it. Well, uh, I, um, let me see if I can counter that a bit because you can go the other way with that and say. Maybe the reason so few people are finishing games is because it's kind of like, like, why are the testing standards going down? Because we get worse at teaching people. And in the same way, maybe the reason why so many people aren't finishing games is because games have become so easy that by the time you throw a game that's even moderately difficult at people, they throw their arms up and say, I can't do it. I'm not being rewarded instantly. So I'm not even going to bother playing anymore. And some of it's just people who are wasting money because... Uh, a lot of times you'll look at Steam stats for some games, like uh, for Payday 2, 20% of people who own Payday 2 have never put on their mask before, which means they've never played. <laughs> so there are some strange statistics in terms of that as well. And I can I can go along with that. But like I said, I just think it's one more consideration when you're... There There seems to be this this attitude, and I have a feeling some people here share this attitude, which is that games shouldn't be for everybody. Like we shouldn't make an effort to include people who. But who I made hard games be. when I was five. You you did, but and, but and, and I, yeah, and I'm not saying that games shouldn't be for everybody. I mean, I think that, but we have multiple genres of games, and we have multiple types of games in those genres. So I should be able to find 
something in the platformer genre that appeals to my sensibilities, the same as you should be able to find something that appeals to your sensibilities. Yeah, it's called Sonic Lost World, and you're going to love it because you're going to get to play all the levels. Wait, no, you got you see, you guys keep twisting my words. I have I do have a serious problem it's with so video easy. games. <laughs> where, where, where with video games that you play and it's clearly not your fault that you're losing to the game you know i i had a game that i played this weekend where the hitboxes for the bosses were way off and i knew i was dodging every attack and i'm still being hit by them and that's just poor game design and i was dying to poor game design I, that's the same reason that i downranked uh state of decay because they had a bunch of punishing situations and it's like there's i've never seen this before you know i'm 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 dying because of some a curveball that the developers just threw at me. That's their clever little trick. It's not something that I learned in the game and learned how to beat. So I, I don't like that kind of game design, but I do think there's something to be said of games that Project you know, Zomboid. Where the player actively messes up. Yeah, Project Zomboid. <laughs> well, I think that what we're probably going to have to do is agree to disagree. Most likely, it's <laughs> looking like it. I think we're, that, we're basically screaming about our favorite flavor of ice cream, but it's, it's still fun. You, I'll tell you right now, uh, Ray, Rayman is is uh, it's it's fucking crystal. I had crystal, and now you want me to go drink your piss champagne, and it just ain't cutting it anymore, dog. I need three hundred dollar bottles. But, but look shit. at it like this: you you like crystal, and maybe I just like really high grade brandy, and you don't like high grade brandy. No, because what you're drinking is a 40 ounce, and that's what I'm telling no, you. No, no, what I'm that's drinking what I'm is, not you is come over you're to my house. There. Don't go there. <laughs> Wait a minute. We already went over the, the difference between knowing that a game is bad and knowing that a game's bad for you. <laughs> right, and well, and so that's so. the that's the distinction that I'm going to make. Though I think I think as far as platformers go, I think Rayman's the better platformer right now. You know, it's not a it's 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 not a competition. It does not everything has to be Rayman. It's not a race. Everything <laughs> does need to be Rayman. I played The Last of Us. I'm like, why isn't this Rayman? <laughs> well, you should have said arms, that in the review then. Why aren't my oh. arms disconnected and my fists flying around punching bugs? Over the past four weeks, Jared has started to look more like Rayman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's true. It's his nose getting bigger. It's it's an it's an active uh you know that woman who got plastic surgery to become a cat? Yeah. Oh god. Well, let's just say that uh Ubisoft is gonna want me at their next E three booth. Did did you go through <laughs> surgery to get your arm bones removed? Yes. And now your your hands are just hanging from your shoulders on fishing line. Just strings, yeah. When I want to grab something, I just <laughs> it's sway really back fucking and... disturbing. Somebody should make a horror game out of that. It's a really good game, and none of you have played it, so you can't. You haven't. I have played it. Well, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Now I'm on Jay and Jason's side. That's you right. You burned that bridge. You made enemies <laughs> in the Cool Kids Club. Now, <laughs> well, whatever. Someday you guys will. Games will... should kill you before you even start playing them. <laughs> a knife should just come out of the box and slit your throat right before you can even open it. I d- I do want to say. That despite my complaint about that mechanic, that is, uh, I I can acknowledge that it is a at the very least I can acknowledge it's a personal choice uh, because obviously there are some I mean some people out there like like having needles put in their piss holes and <laughs> and so you know and, and so by comparison liking a, a life system in a platformer seems like a pretty minor thing so it's a really good game it's definitely the best game on the Wii U aside from maybe Rayman Legends. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you a magical girl game 
with no magic and you can't die. <laughs> but that is that that conflicts with itself because you would think that the reason I couldn't die is because I'm magic. Well, they might be cyborgs, maybe. I just want gritty realism all the time. Cyborgs are, cyborgs are gritty and realistic. I'm really stressed out that this Mario game is not gritty and realistic. <laughs> there's there's no magic in... Oh, wait, never mind. Fuck. I mean, you've seen RoboCop? That is so gritty. By the way, actually, I would. I do think this is probably the first... Yeah, I guess this is the first 3D Mario game that is HD. I'm fairly certain I can say that. It is gorgeous. And if if you are if you're like most of the internet and the 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 term 60 FPS gives you a big boner, you're gonna love this game because it looks great, it runs great, um, it it is better than any game that launched on the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One. Um, Nintendo put out a press release saying that the Wii U is the system of choice for the holiday season, and a lot of people are kind of like laughing at that, but it it well, really CNET, CNET did say they were the worst system. It's it's not a bad call, guys. Like they lowered the price. It's it's hundreds of dollars cheaper than the other two. You can get friggin' Wind Waker. Uh, I wouldn't recommend Pikmin, but you can you can get that if that's your jam. What it's a, a wonderful one hundred and one. Yeah, wonderful one hundred and one. <laughs> you can throw that away. But no, you can get Rayman. You can get Mario World. You can you can get Zelda. I I don't think that's too shabby. Three whole games over the past what? No, <laughs> twelve months. Stop well, it, you! Uh, I I hope it has a better record than the Wii did. And I don't think I played a whole lot for the Wii. But let me use this as a segue because you mentioned how pretty it looks. I have I I did have a Zelda to review this week, and it's going to take me a while to get that review view out. <laughs> But I've managed to crack into it, and it is a very good-looking game. That's the first thing I noticed about it. Yeah, yeah. What's your What's your opening thought? Is it Is it promising? Does this look like it will be as good as people are saying, or is it? It's very promising so far. Um, you know, I like the world. It's I think it's basically a follow-up to everyone's favorite Zelda, or most people's favorite Zelda. Some people like Ocarina more. You know, it look It looks very nice. I think they did a great job with the graphics. It's the first. Zelda, I think, in a long time where I look at it and I'm like, yeah, those are pretty neat graphics. Okay, well, uh, I, I have a quick suggestion yeah. to, to improve your Zelda experience, just kind of based off what I'm learning and knowing about you. Go, oh, go, open, up, go open up your 3DS and find your save slot and just delete it. <laughs> and then play, play the first however far you are. Play all that again. And it sounds like you'll really get off on that. Like, that'll be really good. So, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I was actually entertaining doing um, a Nuzly run for my Pokemon. Do you know what that is? Nuzly? Yeah. Is that a Pokemon that I just haven't caught yet? And that is actually a Pokemon. There's there's a comic that a guy did some while back um, where he basically recorded his adventures in Pokemon. And his rule was basically if a Pokemon faints, they die. He has to release them. He can't heal them. You know, I, I think he was allowed to heal them every town or so, but if they died in battle, that was it. No more Pokemon, and he had to just go as far as he could like that. And I I was intrigued by the idea, and I've been wanting to try it. Well, there you go. So That's, there. That sounds like a great so, time. Well, so listen, there. <laughs> there there are some things that I can't get on board with Jay on, and the hardcore mode, like he's describing, is one of them. So like in Diablo, you know, you can create a character and make him hardcore, which means if he dies, he's deleted. There's a right, but, there's a constituency but, who enjoys that, and I sure don't. But and yeah. what he is what he is describing is not I'm, even I'm it's not even built into the game though. I'm getting pumped. Right. He's he's hacking other games to that don't even have these components. Like here's a tip for you, Jay. The next time you're walking down the street and you encounter some stairs, just break yeah. your break your leg before you <laughs> go up them. 
I will. Heart challenge mode. That sounds good. Well, well he, he broke his jaw on kettle chips. <laughs> Next time you're eating chips, just break your jaw. <laughs> so one thing that I actually like about the way Mario 3D World looks, I, I was looking at screenshots and I was like, oh, that's weird because the, the smoke trails are like actual 3D objects that are like lit and everything. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, um, Nintendo always does weird stuff like that. I don't, I don't know if you've been looking at it, but Mario Kart is looking absolutely beautiful too. Like, but they are both stunning games. And maybe it's maybe it's because this is like I said, Nintendo's first real like jump into HD. But man, Nintendo games translate good to that. Like, it, it, you're so used to seeing gritty, realistic dogs jumping around in call of duty that it's when you when you see like a bright colorful don't, don't, don't insult riley well, go no. ahead no riley's great don't get me wrong he's the best part of call of duty um but it's just it is so refreshing to see a nintendo game in hd like i i really can't emphasize how good this looks on my tv and for being the most underpowered system it is probably one of the only games that i've played in the last month or so that has made me go like, wow, like to, well, to make me stop and turn to my wife and be like, this looks fucking great. Well, let's, well, ho- let's, hope that they, let's hope that they can continue that trend and, you know, maybe possibly sometime in the future, if they can find it in their hearts, gives up, give us a good Metroid for that system. You know, give us a real Zelda. You know what? Actually, I think I can nail this down. I think I can tell you why I'm so impressed by this and not that impressed by games like Rise and Killzone. Uh, I will admit, Rise, I think, actually looks better than, than Killzone. You, you gotta see like, it to believe it, because I didn't... It does look pretty good. graphics that much, but, man, it does look good. But here's the thing, is I can see a lot of that stuff on my on my PC, and so a lot of the new games are, are kind of already old news, because there's already PC games that look better, but you cannot play a Nintendo game like this on your PC. I mean, you, you can play the Wii and try to up it or something, but um, my point being is, like, this is something that I truly haven't seen before, which is what a Nintendo game can look like in HD. And, sure. uh, and maybe, that's, maybe that's why it's been such a novelty so far. Probably. Yeah. Like I said, those, those 3D smoke trails, they're just so sexy. Yeah, it's hot. Hot smoke. <laughs> and you're going to get to see it a lot as you restart the levels. <laughs> well, enjoy running around in your cat suit i i have been it's it's a lot of fun very recommended well uh, you know what i would say though is i feel like they keep trying to add new suits and none of them are really sticking like the old ones do i don't know if that's nostalgia or if they just got bad at making suits i the the cat is um the cat is very heavily emphasized in this game to the point where i think it will probably stick around i don't know because maybe the cat gameplay and it looks pretty fun it, it took a little figuring out, like it takes a little getting used to because your instinct it, when you're climbing up a wall is to maybe like press the jump button to climb like higher, I guess, to maybe like release the climb and jump higher. But you just do a standard wall jump. And so that that kind of threw me off in the beginning. But once you get used to it, it's it's pretty straightforward. I, li- I like it. like it a lot. The, all the suits are good. The Tanuki suit's cool. Just like always, you know, pretty standard stuff. I don't actually know how well the cat suit would translate to a 2D Mario game or, or to a more traditional 3D Mario game. But uh, it definitely works well for 3D World, and I think they'll probably keep it around. Who knows? Who knows? We talked about everything. We, we got it? to everything. Hot dog. That's amazing. God, incredible. So then tell me words. Oh, are you ready for me to tell you words? String a sentence I together. Could. 
All right. Well, hey, you. Hey. Put, put that raw milk down. Oop, I'm sorry. <laughs> set, set that shit aside. Let me tell you about how you can just live a better life without poisoning yourself with raw milk. What you could do is you could participate more with the Enemy Slime podcast because we're so lovable and friendly and we want to be lovable and friendly with you. So here's what here's some stuff you can do. Do you think that I'm a gigantic puss and that I'm bad at games and that I should be punished frequently? Well, then you can send us an email saying exactly that and more at contact at enemyslime.com. When you're done with that, go on to Twitter and, and tweet about our, our podcast. You can use the hashtag enemy podcast and you can also look at our twitter which is the enemy slime and uh say horrible things say great things say neither of those things that that's fine well don't say neither say something um you can also find us on facebook at facebook.com slash the enemy slime i have to give a shout out this week uh to two people actually our our good friend uh, who actually probably doesn't listen to the show and will never hear this but our, our friend michael degrazio who was kind enough to let us steal his Xbox One pre-order. He was going to just buy it and flip it. Um, but he was he was so convinced by our passion and our love for the game that uh, that he let us take his pre-order. And then and then I also need to, to thank Michael, who, of course, volunteered to, to actually take the Xbox One. Um, I, I actually have been a little envious that it wasn't <laughs> a, a move that I made because it actually has... I, I was going to say, you make it sound like I took a rape for the team. I mean, I, it, I, I bought a fancy new game console to play games on. So. It, it feels a lot more futuristic than the PlayStation 4. I think they're both going to be cool systems. I think they're both going to work really well. But as far as like wow out of the box, the, the Xbox kind of feels a little bit more like there's some, there's some pop to it. Yeah, you're right to be envious. So anyway, thank you for for uh, taking that bullet since nobody else wanted to. <laughs> Anytime, except just once because I can't afford to do it anymore. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the last one for a while. <laughs> and uh, I think I think that should do it, Jason. Okay. Well then, ladies and gentlemen, we are out. There you have it. Oh fuck, I we didn't in. we didn't even acknowledge Thanksgiving. <laughs> gobble gobble. <That's> fine. <laughs> there you go.